0: Hello, everybody, and a welcome to episode 18, the shocking episode of Gaming Our 30s, the growing old gaming podcast from us, the Good Night Groups. My name is Matt, and today I am joined by my co-pilot. Hey.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kruger, we're going to be cruising around 30,000 feet.
0: It's so crazy how you can, ne- you can almost, it's like 50-50 whether or not you can actually understand what the pilot is saying. Isn't that crazy?
1: <laughs> I don't well, fly enough. Yay, I, don't, you know I, don't, I don't fly enough. So I don't have like a good, I think I've flown twice in the last 20 years. Yeah. So wow. I don't have like a lot to yeah. say on this topic, but I, I trust you. <laughs> it's true though. Like
0: so often you can't understand a damn thing that they're saying. Anyway, Paul, instead of asking you <laughs> how you're doing this week, or any about any flight history because you don't really have a whole lot i want to ask you what your peak of the week has been so my friend what is the best thing that happened to you this
1: week great question matt uh actually, speaking of i'm actually going to be flying uh, an international flight again this year later in the summer so third flight in in uh 20 years let's go
0: This wait this is like set in stone
1: uh yeah we haven't booked it yet but it is set in stone we're going for rachel's like childhood best friends like uh wedding in ireland
0: oh in ireland
1: yeah is it destination or do they live there? um no so there it's it is destination but it's like so she's from here and he's from ireland and they met when they were like in oh. china studying or like studying like working together doing wow. stuff whatever they met it's a there global and romance yeah and so he they both kind of globe trotted a bunch and then yeah then he moved back here to be with her and they've been together here for like Five, six years. So it's about as long as Rachel and I have been together. So six years. And uh, yeah, now they're getting married. But like he has this huge family there. And I mean, uh, they're well off. So they rented like this fancy castle or something. Wow. I don't know. So when <laughs> I well, want to say they're well Irish off, I mainly mean like his, his parents have like, and I think in general, like the family has some money too. So they they got, uh, I'm going to ignore the luck of the, <laughs> luck of the Irish be with you. The luck of the Irish be with you. Watch out for leprechauns
0: they uh, uh yeah
1: they will bite your ankle this dude's whole family is like six four and above so like wow. i don't like the leprechaun gene skips.
0: so me. if there's a leprechaun infiltrating the wedding you'll
1: you'll know it's we'll not know, part of the family. we'll know everyone's tall yeah exactly yeah. uh yeah. but yeah no so i'm excited about that not the peak of my week um but just because oh. we're talking about flights uh that'll be exciting uh but yeah no peak of my week this week it's kind of sounds silly and now i'm regretting writing it down but i but i can't change it once it's written It's 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 set in stone uh yeah. and peak my week this week is like kind of figuring out the end of my car lease setup. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of being in your thirties. I yeah, I leased this car like five years ago. Definitely didn't have the money at the time and uh it was like a, a bad experience. Uh but now I mean I have like a I'm gainfully employed, I'm doing well, things are doing all right, you know, I'm not like uh, not rich, but I'm fine. Uh, definitely enough to swing my car, my, my, my lease payments. And so coming to the end of the lease. And I was like, I don't know how to end a lease. What do I do? <laughs> what What do you mean? You don't know? Well, don't you it, just take it back to where you got it? Well, but there's options, right? Especially in this, it, right? in this landscape, right? Because I got the car in 2019, like April, 2019 car sales, cars now fucked. Right? So it's getting better. It is. Getting... I'm in the market. I'm yep. looking, it's getting, well, better. I might be in the market too. So this is what I'm talking about. So uh, it is getting a little bit better, but I will say it's still totally fucked compared to 2019. And yeah. so I have like a ton of residual—sorry, not residual value—I have a ton of value in the car. Um, so I basically, yeah, when I when I turn, I can either buy it out for like 10 grand, which I don't really want to. Um, like, it's—I have a Honda Civic for for those who care. This was a five-year lease. It was, yeah.
0: I don't know anything about car leases, by the way. I've no—I I know a that's lot a world now. I have. I, well, you just, you just admitted you don't know how it ends. Well, I don't
1: know a lot about the, not the end. I'm I'm learning as I go. So I learned oh, okay, a lot about okay. the lease part, but the end part, I wasn't a hundred percent clear on. Um, but yeah, I do. Yeah. It's, there's just a lot of options there. I mean, again, I, I got talked into it. Let's, let's just leave it at that. So it was a five-year lease. I still, uh, yeah, like 85 grand plus there's like tax when you buy it out. So it's like right. 10,000 something. So, well, here's my question. hmm are lease payments that much lower than like a car payment? They're way lower. Oh, really? Okay. Way lower. Like I've been looking now cause I'm, oh. cause I'm looking at, you know, maybe getting into a different car lease payment. You know, if I'm looking at like, I doesn't even matter, but let's say I'm looking at, I was looking at some cars where like my payment around like, you know, 30,000 Canadian, something like that um, before tax looking at that, you know, my car payments would be something like maybe even if I stretched out like seven years. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I put like, 10 grand down. Some of these car payments were still going to be like 200 bucks, you know, whatever. Oh, One wow, 170, yeah. like every two weeks, lease payments every two weeks would be like 110 or something.
0: And you don't have to put anything down.
1: Um, well, do that you? would be if I put money down.
0: too. Okay.
1: So it is, I mean, I think it's cheaper. Like it's still, it's not like, you know, it's probably like if we're looking at maybe like the difference between like 300 bucks a month, you know, 400 bucks a month and 500 bucks a month or something, which that adds right. up, right? Like over time. So, I mean, it definitely is cheaper but it's not, it's not that much. You're right. It's not that much cheaper. Uh, it depends on how long you do it for too, because basically you can pay for just like the rental, like versus like paying down the principal. So like if you get like a two year lease or a three year lease, you can get those payments down really low, like, you know, 80 bucks every two weeks, whatever, something like that. But then like when it comes to them to the end of the lease, you've basically paid like none of the principal down and you still basically have to like buy the car out for like almost MSRP. So it's like, you're definitely not yeah, planning crazy. to buy the car out of that scenario, right? You're just you like if you're getting right. a two or three year lease, you're getting it to just like rent the car and give it back because it's right. Not it's not super worthwhile money wise. Do you with a lease?
0: I'm I'm in my 30s and I have no idea how this works. Yeah. With with a car lease, are you if do you take it in for service where you got it or are you paying for oil changes and stuff?
1: Yeah. So I mean, like I don't know, man. Like that part I never rotation, got. Like I've been taking, I took it to the dealer a couple times and they charged me for that shit. Um, and they told me like that's not included. So I just even I just though start, it's
0: their car, yeah, it's their car. Because like when you rent like a house or an apartment I know. or
1: something, they take care of that. I know, but when you lease, it's it's their car, but you have to do all the taking care of it and pay for it. There's like a warranty, whatever, whatever. But it's like standard warranty shit, right? It's not like going to cover your your oil changes and your tire rotations. So right. I've had to pay for that shit. Like I wore my brake pads at one point. Had to pay for that shit. And then like yeah, and then they get the money. Uh, at a certain point, I stopped taking it to them, which I'm sure they'll be mad at. But I'm like, whatever. You guys have to take it back either way, so we'll see, see how that goes. Right, right. Um, But either way, I mean, long story short, they told me like I could buy it for like ten thousand, or they'll give me, or they, or I can like, I basically like have eight thousand dollars in equity. So we'll see how nice they are about it. But essentially, like they they really want me to obviously like, get a car with them. But they said like, right. even if you don't. We can, we'll just like give you $8,000 cash and take the car. Like oh. at this point, like if I give them the car, they owe me cash. Cause like <laughs> they owe me cash, dude. Cause like <laughs> I've accrued like so much equity because the car, the car basically sells for like MSRP still <laughs> because the terrible, wow, yeah. the terrible market. Right. Um, So yeah, they can sell it for like 23 grand or something. And uh yeah. So they're like, yeah, we'll give you some money.
0: When I totaled my car last year and the insurance company paid for it because it w- wasn't my fault. Right. Yeah. So they, they paid for my car. I don't know if like I got the benefit of the super crazy car market at that time or yeah. if they were just kind of like, yeah, we're just gonna use prices from like, I don't know, like 10 months ago. I, like, do. I don't know. Yeah. I
1: wonder. Yeah. How much they were looking at Kelly blue book value or what they were yeah. looking at. It's Interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. So, I mean, I got some, like, I could have some cash to play around with. I got to get an appraisal, but, uh, definitely considering getting something different though. So that's kind of been the peak of my week. It's been like, I've just been spending, I got, it took me (laughs) like six minutes, but we got there. Um, just been like looking at cars all week, which is kind of fun. I've just been like, not actually in person, but I've been like doing a ton of Googling. You know how I love to Google giant purchases for weeks on end. So uh, I've been having a great time, like watching a million YouTube videos on every car. I'm going to get flamed probably by our, our several listeners, but looking at like, maybe like a subcompact SUV, something like that. Like something kind of like, I just Rachel and I both like being a little bit higher up the civic. I'm like on the ground, man. Like, I'm just like, my butt is on the ground and it's like, I'm getting a little older. I'm not in great shape. I'm like doing like a every time I get in and out of the car kind of thing. Cause I have to like hoist myself up and down. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not crazy about it. I'd like something a little bit taller. Maybe, you know, have a little hatchback. So Uh, yeah, I'm looking at like some, some things, you know, I mean, it's a weird market. It's a weird market. Basically everything's like kind of getting bigger, but like the they're using like the engines, like the, like the Honda HRV uses the civic platform, but it's, but it's big. It's like a big, it's like a little SUV. So that part's great. And the civic stuff is bulletproof but it's also like too weak to push the HRV. So like, it's really hard to get up to like passing speeds and shit. Oh, weird! So it's like finding that right balance of like the car that can actually move, but also yeah. has space, but doesn't cost like more than $30,000. <laughs> it's like this really like magic. Yeah. Um, so that's been right now. I'm like, honestly, like this is what I'm going to get flame for. But like my, my soul is telling me that I really want a Kia soul. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're just so cute. And I can also Those are the get the little boxy ones. They are. Right? They're the little boxy yeah. ones. They had the hamsters in the commercials like 10 yeah, years yeah. ago. It's just so weird. And also you can get like a fully kitted out, like fully loaded Kia soul for basically like the same amount I would pay for like the baseline, like Honda HRV or something. And so like the dream of like having it like fully kitted out with everything is kind of cool. But it's like, then I get all these people online that are like, well, have fun buying your Kia. Cause five years in, it's going to explode or like everyone's oh. going to steal it. Or like, Oh, I don't. I just. I just think it's cute. Can everyone just yeah. lay off?
0: <laughs> I'm also in the market for an SUV. I actually yeah. like being lower to the ground. I don't like big cars because I fucking hate parking. Super fair. In general,
1: that's what I like about these. They're kind of smaller shaped, but but yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah.
0: And so, it, in general, with a with like a, a larger car, it just makes parking harder. Every every inch longer that the car is or taller it just makes everything a little bit more difficult Yep. Super but cool. i am looking at an suv just because for like future proofing potential kids yeah that sort of thing you know but i don't know I, I like a sedan i know they like just don't they like don't make them anymore really they're, they're kind of going away
1: yeah i mean like the main yeah you know, like honda toyota they're still making their like rock solid sedans but a lot of people are are getting out of the business for sure i mean honestly yeah. if you like a sedan so much i mean you can't like the best cars to get in the world, man, are like a Camry or like an Accord. Like, I mean, you had like a, a Sonata, right? That was basically like, yeah. you know, a luxury sedan or like a, you know, I mean, what do they call them? Like a full-size sedan? That shit's nice. Those are com- those are like the comfiest cars, with the smoothest ride.
0: Well, I fit well in a Hyundai. I don't, I don't yeah. fit very well in a Honda.
1: Have you tried like an Accord, like a bigger one? Because the Civics time, are tiny. But... Civics are little babies. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're actually kind of big,
1: man. My Civic is like long. All these like subcompact SUVs I'm looking at, the the uh, the uh, they're actually shorter than the the Civic, which is wild. Oh, it's a big, It's a beast. But it has like the small seats. Anyway, this isn't very interesting. I don't know. I, I'll find one where I can play games on the console and I'll tell you, there you, you go. when it fits. Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be buying a Tesla. I don't have Tesla. Well,
0: my me. my peak of the week is brought to you by Kia. And uh no, <laughs> but i am i'm i'm back to good health i have my voice back as you can hear and it feels good although i will say starting last night and really going into this morning i woke up and like my throat doesn't hurt yeah but i ha- it feels like at the bottom like where my throat meets my neck it's it feels <laughs> like it's bruised sure and like like my esophagus or like my trachea
1: or i think you whatever can bruise that's. that i think you can bruise your esophagus or something so
0: I've done this before, but the what when it happened before, it was when my dog I so I was waking up in bed, my dog pounced both feet on my throat. We call it her double throat punch. She double throat <laughs> punched
1: me. She tried to kill you.
0: And I legitimately had a bruise that you could see and it and it hurt. I can't see the bruise. This feels mostly internal and maybe it's leftover from having a sore throat the other week and like really straining my voice and losing my voice completely. So maybe it's leftover from that, like leftover healing from that. I don't well, know. You but like feel screamed
1: weird. with your voice doing that too. at one point. I did.
0: So that, yeah. that probably didn't help. Didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but in general, I'm mostly feeling good.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear it.
0: All right. So let's move on to what you got and we're changing up what you got a little bit. So, Going forward, we're going to do one topic and we're going to alternate every week. So, this week is going to be a Paul topic. Next week, it'll be a Matt topic. Okay, so in What You Got, Paul and I each bring a gaming related or gaming adjacent topic to the table to discuss. Of course, it's one at a time now. Could be a news story from the past week, a general thought or discussion topic, or just whatever the hell we want to talk about. So, Paul, I ask you today because it is your turn.
1: What you got? well matt thank you so much for asking me it is my turn finally when is it going to be my turn well it's today i you know we talk about this a lot behind the scenes i i we were just talking about this before the show about having an evergreen podcast you know trying to talk about discussion topics that aren't necessarily going to make the episode dated but today we're going to talk about something extreme that's going to easily date the episode but i don't even care because i think it's super interesting we have to follow up on our pals over at microsoft because I think since we started doing game groups, since we started doing podcasts at all in our network here of, of, of Goodnight Grooves, you know, I think we've been talking a lot and I've been leading a conversation a lot of times about what is Microsoft's strategy? What are they doing? What is Game Pass? What is their future? Are they going fully streaming? What's happening? And so this weekend, um, I mean, you actually <laughs> broke the story to me. You posted it on Discord and then I went into it a little bit deeper, but there's been a ton of rumors uh, about... Microsoft uh, bringing a lot of their games multi-platform, uh, their their first party games. So, I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, I mean, obviously it's more shocking than like, if like Sony did it or Nintendo did it, or sorry, it's less shocking than if one of those two did it. Um, Microsoft has obviously been more open to sharing a little bit uh, because that's part of their previous strategy is like, you know, kind of hitting the market everywhere, right? They're less about selling the console. But that being said, um, this is a little bit dated. We talked right now. We're recording this Monday evening and I believe um, actually Monday evening, the, f- the 5th of February. And I actually just saw a story that came out not three I hours ago. I was literally ago.
0: just going to break this to you right now. Yeah. So Microsoft is actually, you, act- give you, you the can quote. say it. Yeah, I've go got ahead. i the quote. Okay. So yes, this has all been rumored, but it's a lot of leakers all coming out at the same time talking about Xbox's games going multi-platform to PlayStation, right? So Why are all these leakers hearing about stuff at the same time? Well, it seems like this might be why. Okay. So three hours ago, Phil Spencer tweeted, quote, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week, where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned End quote. Okay. So if that's an event, that means that these leakers have been hearing about this event coming in the news that would be shared at this event, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. Uh, it's possible that this is one of those like, because uh, people did data mine things and stuff or things and stuff. People did data mine um, some information here from like Hi-Fi Rush. So it's questionable if like they got it just about knowing the event. I do wonder if the event is like a little bit of them scrambling to be like, this is something we're doing on purpose and we're going to talk about it versus like maybe it was something that they were kind of going to do. They're going to announce later on, but people caught on to it. I don't know. It does feel a little rushed that so they're like, we're planning an event, Uh, but they say we've been, so, I mean, I'll take Phil's word for it here a little bit. I I can't say anything to the contrary, but Matt, I mean, what do you think about this? Um, I have a bunch of thoughts, but I thought I'd kick it your way. You know, what is the angle here? You know, what is, what is Microsoft going for? Um, why now what's happening?
0: So the angle is that they aren't selling Xboxes 100%. So the install base is smaller than what they wanted and what they thought they were going to get. The other angle is they aren't selling games yep, because everyone is on Game Pass. Okay, so it's a combination of these two things. They're not selling games because the people who do have Xboxes are on Game Pass and not a whole lot of people have Xboxes. So, where do you go to sell your games? <laughs> because it's not PC because they have PC Game Pass. So, you go to PlayStation 5, you go to Nintendo Switch, and you start selling your games there. Paul, it, it's kind of crazy the... It almost like doesn't need to be said, but we've just throughout the last couple of days, all these leakers coming out, like the newest one is Microsoft is reportedly considering bringing Gears of War to PlayStation. Wow. Well, if they were going to be bringing Halo and all these other potential, you know, Starfield and all these other first party games, I'm not shocked about Gears of War, but it is interesting to hear Gears of War specifically called out because I feel like that just leads more credence to the fact that this is all going down and this feels like this is going to be a big change for xbox this doesn't feel like it's just going to be a casual announcement this feels like this is going to be a big thing i've long said that the end game here is for xbox to become a software player in the video game space or a cloud player or game pass player it's not going to be hardware or if it's going to be hardware it's going to be something different like they're going to do like some sort of a stick, that like we talked it, about, or something. Or, or an accessibility stick, yeah. Or like, uh, uh, like, like the Chromecast, or yeah. like an accessibility controller is what I was trying to say. Yes. Like these sort of different things that assist with existing hardware, whether it's your TV or your internet connection or your PS5 or whatever. They're going to do hardware that assists, and then they're going to be a software company. Now, the problem for Xbox is that the software hasn't been that great as of late. So that needs to get better as well yeah. but you see all these acquisitions that they made I guess with the idea of selling copies of the games and selling Xboxes but with Game Pass it, it just never really went that way. I wonder if Game Pass didn't eat as big as it is, I wonder if it just never got to the point that they were projecting because of the lack of selling Xboxes.
1: Yeah. I, I have the exact same thoughts here as you do. I think, uh, like I, I, noted sales are low, right? I mean, we got the, we got the data at the end of December, uh, for uh, PS5 outsold Xbox series S and X combined three to one in 2023, Oh Jesus! 22.5 wow. million PS5s got sold in 2023, 7.5 million oh uh, Xboxes total. That's series S and X. Uh, And that was, S was supposed to be their, their loss leader that was supposed to get you in the door, right? Be a game pass machine. Couldn't even push it right for what is it? 300 bucks US pretty wild. And that's opposite. that's like an MSRP, right? No sale. So pretty wild to see those numbers. I mean, we had to that coming out just not, I mean, just over a month ago, I think that's got to get some executives looking at that and going what the fuck is happening? We're developing this new Indiana Jones game. We're developing. Right. We just came up with Starfield. We just came up with all this stuff. Who are we making this for? How are we going to make our money on this? Uh, especially when the games, sadly, aren't game changers. Uh, right. These games aren't ninety fives on Open Critic. They're not nineties on Open Critic. They're not 85. they They're not even eighty fives on Open Critic. Uh, Starfield was not the magic that it needed to be to sell a system. It wasn't. Legend of Zelda wasn't last of us. It didn't hit. And they've been having this over and over again where things just like aren't hitting. And I think at a certain point, you're not selling consoles. Your games aren't bringing people to the con- whatever the reason is, if people aren't playing the games, cause they don't want to buy the console, but is that because the games aren't good enough? It's a, it's a, you see the cycle continues here. And so yeah, something, something's got to give here. Right. And I think you're right. Game pass. They need to make money on the catalog. Game pass is cool, but also, you know, not having on a PS five and switch is a glaring missed opportunity. Like not having their catalog on there at all. Uh, I think these are, I mean, when you look at P- forget Xbox PS five, they sold 22.5 million PS fives last year. That's 22.5 million PS fives where they could be selling Bethesda games.
0: Yeah. It's a huge install base that they're missing out on.
1: It's huge. And, and again, when they're, when they're the ones saying, I mean, they haven't said it explicitly, but I, I, I well, I don't know. I don't have anything in front of me, but like, Hardware is not their end game here. Right. I mean, that's pretty clear. Even if, even if it's going to be cloud making Xboxes is not like what they want to do forever at Microsoft. And I mean, no one's going to be doing that forever, but certainly they want to get out quicker than anyone else does. And I think it's, it would be stupid not to look at how you can sell these things on the other platforms. I, I guarantee you, Microsoft has gone to both Nintendo and PlayStation and been like, can we put, you know, game pass cloud on your platform? And they said, fuck you. <laughs> we don't care. Uh, we're not doing that. Uh, but I think like that's probably what they would have wanted to do first. Uh, and I think that, you know, the only way that these things, that these companies are going to play ball uh, and give Microsoft because uh, they don't need the games. Sony doesn't need Microsoft's mediocre output this last couple of years. Nintendo doesn't need right, that. Um, Both of them are outselling as consoles. Both of their ga- all their games are selling better. They don't need these games. So it's kind of like Microsoft, if you want to make some money, you got to slap a PS5 logo on that thing and put it on our store. I get it. I mean, it makes sense. Um, But I guess my main question to like move on a little bit here is like, how does this extend to the long-term vision? Like does Game Pass work still? If like there's no Xboxes being sold or very low Xboxes being sold, PC Game Pass uh exists but i mean you and i both know and i'm sure people at home the app kind of sucks it's not great um there's a lot of issues sometimes playing games on there look at it's gotten better it really has it has it has and you look at pal world you know things like that there are games coming out that have like console release uh information or console release versions and updates that are off of like the pc version so i mean there's there's things that do that it's not steam right it's not as good as steam it's not as good as epic it's not as good as a lot of these launchers, right? And so it's like, and cloud's not there. We're not there. Cloud is not gonna replace your Xbox or your PlayStation at this point entirely. So it's like, what? where are they going now? Like what, like if they start putting the games on the platforms, like you said, software company, do you think, do you think maybe we're gonna see Microsoft dropping the box? Like we're not gonna see another Xbox and they're gonna like shift, or are we gonna, is that gonna take time? Are they going to shift? Like, I'm wondering maybe we're going to see like a pro, like pro versions, refreshes of this line, but ultimately are we going to in four or five years see another mainline Xbox? I don't know. I wonder if that would be cost prohibitive for them to do that when they could just put shit on other people's platforms and be a publisher basically.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to see a pro version of this. I mean, if they're not selling the consoles as they are now, I don't see how that would make. Financial sense to make a pro version
1: yeah because the the hardware is not the problem it's great
0: hardware yeah it's just that yeah it's it doesn't have the software yeah but that's the thing is if you want to get out of the hardware game and just sell the (laughs) software you have to have good
1: software (laughs) oh right that's such a good point like if the games also kind of suck and then no one wants to buy the hardware then what do you where do you go
0: i mean i think it's possible that i think it's like (laughs) I don't know what sort of timeline Microsoft has in regards to what they have to tell stockholders. Right. But I think it's very likely that this business update that Phil Spencer's talking about, which could happen by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. But whatever they're, they're going to talk about, I think definitely we're going to be seeing all these leaks come true where they are, going to be putting these games on multiple platforms, not just Xbox, but on PlayStation, maybe Switch for ones that can. Like Hi-Fi Rush it. I think
1: was what we were hearing, yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe Hi-Fi Rush. I think that's possible. I also think depending on when they need to notify stockholders, it's possible that they just say that they're ending production of the consoles because how wow. How much longer can you produce things that aren't making you money? Like like if they're not selling consoles, why would they keep making them?
1: It's so weird too, because I'm thinking about like, obviously the Wii U, like there's consoles that have sold poorly and, and companies came back, but that's usually because the console sucked, not because the software, like the game sucked. And I think that like, like the Wii U has incredible, has an incredible catalog. Um, and then as soon as they came out with something people like to play on more the switch, the catalog, shone and everyone bought it. But like with Microsoft here, the Xbox Series S and X are both like fantastic pieces of hardware. I think they're just as good as like a PlayStation 5 in terms of, again, the hardware experience. I like I like the software experience, but like there just aren't the games. And so I don't like they're just missing games. And it's like if you're going to, why if you can get all your multi-plats and all these amazing Sony games and all your friends have already bought PlayStations, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a runaway race, right? Because the more people who buy Playstations in 2023, the less people are going to buy, like the more people are going to play Playstations in 2024 because their friends already bought them in 2023. And so it's like, it's even harder to catch up once there's already a heavy install base too for Xbox.
0: So I'm looking at console sales right now, PS5 as of this list, is it 50 million units sold? xbox series x and s so the combination of the two is about 21 million yeah so it's more than doubling it ps4 117 million to xbox one 58 million i guess that's the thing is like do they feel like xbox series x and s is on a trajectory to pass xbox one at 58 million or not i don't know i i I, I really don't i don't know And if they don't, if they feel like it's not even hitting that mark, if it's not ever going to get to that mark and they're just going to get lapped multiple times by Sony again, why keep producing the consoles then? Like everyone who has them and and all the ones that they have produced, yeah, they'll stay in stores and they'll they'll sell out and there will eventually not be any more. But I mean, they might sit around in a warehouse for a long time before they even sell out. I don't know how many there are, but if they can get to that point where there are no more xboxes but they do but by that point they do have their software on other consoles it won't be a problem it really won't be that much of a problem and then they're not losing out on console sales look and at instead these, look at these acquisitions though
1: dude look at these acquisitions look at the look at the investment they made on gaming phil spencer's got to be shitting his pants right now yeah for now, sure. i mean i'm sure he's they've looked at this, right. I'm sure this isn't coming as a shock to him he's, this is, he's been watching this, right. And I'm sure the whole team has been watching this, but looking at like the CEO of Microsoft gaming or the CEO of Xbox, whatever they call it. This is like, I mean, there's not going to, if they don't sell the hardware, there's not going to be no Microsoft gaming, right. There's not going to be no Xbox division, of course, but how, what does that look like without the hardware, especially when thus far, I know it's like, it's, it's me, me to say that Xbox games are mediocre, but I mean, you can look at the scores, you can look at the sales. Yeah, They don't, they're not blowing off the shelves and they're not blowing away reviewers. Now they have bought Activision, they bought Blizzard, they bought, you know, a lot of, they bought some big, they bought Bethesda, which already has shown mediocre performance again in both those categories. So, I mean, when you look at that, it's like, how do they justify the, tens of hundreds of billions of dollars they've spent here and, and be able to go like, okay, we have this huge, massive company within a co- publisher within this huge trillion dollar tech giant. What, what does this look like? Do we see a change? I mean, obviously we're not business majors. We don't know, yeah. but like, do we see a change in like CEO? Do we see a change in direction? I just want to know like what you think, like, what does it look, what does Xbox look like without the Xbox?
0: I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to think about it right now, but I'm Me also too. like, but I'm, but I'm also like, we don't need these two consoles that do the same thing. Yeah. Like, we we don't. And I think the market is telling you that. Like, yep. especially because of Game Pass, because you have Game Pass on PC.
1: Well, Microsoft doesn't need the money either. It's not like two right. companies that are the same size battling it out to try to right. win supremacy and, like, their main target. Like, Nintendo, you know what I mean? Like, Nintendo versus Sega. That's what they, both those companies did, right? And so it made sense. Yeah. But like Sony, yeah, they do a lot of stuff, but this is their big moneymaker, right? Gaming is is their big moneymaker. Microsoft, this is, I know they've spent a lot of money, but this is like nothing to them. <laughs> this is not, this is like a side business in their business. This is, yeah. especially, especially hardware specifically, I'm talking about like the hardware aspect of it. They The $80 billion, whatever the $40 billion or whatever they spent on Activision, that was for the the software. It wasn't for any sort of hardware. So like for them, hardware is like, a minor part of what is already a side shift of like the Microsoft business in total. So it's like, it feels like, why do they need to make a box anymore? Like they, they've proven that they can make games and back in the day, if you wanted to be a big deal, you made a box to put all your games on. That doesn't really need to exist anymore. You're totally right.
0: Right. Especially with cloud coming. Yeah. Like cloud is coming like that. That could be a big shift in their model you don't need the box. It's very soon here you're not going to need the box, Paul. I'm looking at the yep. the the console sales right here. Quest 2 came out the same year as Xbox Series X and S, same amount of sales. Yeah. Same amount of sales. The Quest 2, the
1: VR headset. It's pretty wild. That's like that's a newfangled gadget. <laughs> that's not. What I think it.
0: that's what they need to to do is yep. get out of the the direct competition with PlayStation business and get in the handheld business or the vr business or something where you can do something different that is not directly competing with playstation because you've lost the war you can't lose two straight console wars and keep it going i just don't see how you can do that
1: you're right too and there's more innovative interesting things they can do too like sony has their niche and they've done a great job and they're known for what they are and no one's gonna buy the off-brand it's sad to say but no one wants to buy the off-brand ps5 which is the xbox the Xbox, it's not silly to say that the Xbox is like an off. It's also a huge name, but it's not the PS5. It's not you want to buy your box, you're going to buy that one. But you're right. Like if you look at like Kinect technology or you look at like HoloLens, which Microsoft also has or something like AR, VR, that kind of thing you know, could they be making PC accessories? Could they be working with Sony? I mean, maybe they hate Sony. Maybe there's bad blood. Maybe they're not innovative because, I mean, they are doing the same stuff, whatever. I I don't know what they're doing a box. They got their thing. But I don't know. Could they be? Is there a world where like, so where Microsoft's making like accessories for the PS5 that like are incredible or like, I I think more likely PC, like are they going to make like a HTC like index or something like could they make something like that? You know, something like a VR headset or a Kinect or some kind of like, like you said, accessibility controller or, or, you know, is that maybe somewhere they can go like high end PC accessories? I, I, but it's just like, that seems so weird to imagine like a huge company like this. Like it feels like a pride thing. Like it's difficult for them to like go from being a major, there's still this console war vibe. it, 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 it it's not gone. It's probably because Microsoft won't leave, <laughs> but it, it's weird to go backwards from that and be like, okay, we're just going to make, be a huge publisher. We're going to be like Activision times 10 and also make some hard, like some auxiliary hardware. What? It, that's so strange.
0: You know what, Paul too, I'm, I'm looking at the console sales list and I'm, we always think Xbox 360 just blew PS3 out of the water. Xbox 360, 84 million units. PS3 87 million units. It outsold Xbox
1: 360. Wow.
0: I just never I guess I never thought about that. I never realized
1: that. So it there's outso- never been an Xbox that outsold a PlayStation.
0: No, cuz yeah, I mean PS2 is the best-selling console of all time, of course. right? So every single console generation the, the PlayStation has outsold the Xbox. So why why fight that fight anymore? Yeah. If you're just going to And I can see what uh, PS2 dominant Xbox 360. You're like, okay, this is our this is our sophomore console, and Mm -hmm. we're right there neck and neck with the the, with the PlayStation. Great show. Xbox One comes out. It it doesn't it doesn't quite match PS4, but PS4 has insanely good software on it. Exclusive. Xbox
1: went hard on hardware that year too. That that generation too. Like the Xbox One X and some of those things like got really powerful. And so
0: I can see where they were sort where they could have talked themselves into keeping it going. But at this point, I just don't see how you can do that anymore because what comes, you don't, ha, you don't have the games, <laughs> yeah. you, you, your hardware. Yeah. It's as good, maybe better, but people aren't buying it. So it's no. like, what are you, where do you go from here where you you've poured all this money in and you haven't seen any results. So what's next? Like you can't keep, you cannot, you just can't keep doing
1: it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And yeah, there's just, it's hard to have a value proposition, especially when you look at uh, the heart, like at least with the Xbox one, there was like different architecture even. And that like, maybe it's like, maybe there's something about building on either one. I'm almost positive. They're running like the same architecture, the AMD Zen uh, CPU and GPU architecture. They're using the same shit. And so it's like what are you even doing you're using the same box like clock differently and you put a different like case on it like what is just so you can put your exclusives on it and the other person i just feel like maybe that's something we're missing in the past there was like a difference in development or an attempt to like outshine the other person in power in some way but we've reached a point where like power is less about pushing things to the absolute limit and more about like getting better frames and making something stable and having something with good thermals and stuff and it's like they basically ended up building the same computer the same fucking right. computer and one one is like over double outsold the other and it's getting wider the margin gets wider every year. And it's like, yeah, what is what is your proposition here? You can buy a PS5, but it has it doesn't have any of your PS5 games. Uh and it has a bunch you can get all these games for a good subscription price, but also they aren't that great. <laughs> what yeah. is the proposition? I, I do I I think like a the best case well I was gonna say too I think like Xbox as a software platform is kind of the best case scenario for everyone, I mean, I think we've kind of nailed down that, that like selling Xboxes is kind of the worst, but also like, I think there's like a, for, for Sony, this looks really, I think could be really good for them if they could strike a good deal. But obviously I know, I think there's a lot of animosity between these companies or at least between these divisions and, but looking at this, it's like, forget cloud. They could even say, we're going to make every, you know, Xbox exclusive playable on PlayStation five day one or whatever. And we're going to, and like, let us put game pass on there. Like, fuck it like let, let, and then microsoft and then po- sony can get a cut of game pass or something on playstation and it's like oh and they
0: will by the way of course they will that that's why the fortnite issue took yeah. forever because sony always wanted a cut where yeah. these other platforms weren't it's, and microsoft doesn't want to give happens. them
1: yeah it's the same thing that happens here every time and microsoft doesn't want to give them a cut of the pie but it's like when you look at that tasty fifty billion, fifty billion, fifty million 50 million uh install base yeah Dude, like think about how much more Gamecast Game Pass could like explode if you could install not only play cloud, but you could install those games from Game Pass on your PlayStation 5 to the- you could immediately open up that 50 million install base like yeah. and again when you look at these games like being they're doing a business thing. Starfield just came out in the fall and already they're talking about PS5. Like I don't think with the same architecture here, I don't think porting is going to be the issue that it used to be. They could blow this shit up and put a lot of these games on Game Pass on PS5 like right away. That's wishful thinking, but I think that that would be a good market for them.
0: The one last thing that I want to say in regards to the idea that they could just cancel production of the consoles and kind of end it, end the story of Xbox consoles there is this. We have recently gotten some rumors for the PlayStation 6. So like AMD contracts and how they're like starting to build that for the PlayStation 6. As far as I can tell, we haven't gotten any rumors for the next Xbox. And so if that's, if I'm correct on that, I think that's telling. Are there no rumors because there is no next Xbox? Have they maybe canceled potential contracts? Like are they, have they decided already internally that they're moving on?
1: I will say, cause I was just double checking. Cause I do remember this in the fall, there was a huge Xbox leak, which you might remember. And a lot of this right. stuff, they did have a series, a new series X design and there was talk in their like in their slides and all this shit in the leak that was like next gen Xbox in 2028. So this was this is something as of oh, as okay. of September October okay. this was on their planning stage. Okay. So
0: Okay, so a slideshow is different from agreed. working with uh, your third-party architect, you know, mm-hmm. and you know hardware people.
1: Definitely agree. Yeah.
0: What do you call that? Like the the AMD portion of an of an Xbox or like a PlayStation or whatever, like the graphics card, basically. Yeah.
1: What do you call is that? Is that also hardware? What? What's I yeah, I would call it like maybe like I don't even know Supplier. Components, I guess. Yeah, components. Yeah, I would say that's a good that's a good thing. The component the component component suppliers or manufacturers. I think that works.
0: Anyway, I I think it's it's going to be big. Whatever Phil's what is this event? He's saying next week. Is that what it is? Yeah,
1: it is next week.
0: Yeah, I don't think he would tweet this out and sort of acknowledge the rumors without actually acknowledging them. I don't think he would do that unless it's going to be something big. I feel like this is. One I'm the of those total where, opposite.
1: Oh really? I think this is just going to be really low key. Just. Yeah, we're gonna start putting some games on PlayStation. And some your, that's big. Some of your favorites are gonna be on PlayStation.
0: That's big that's big though. Yeah, but I just mean like if you,
1: I thought well, sorry, when you said big, I thought you're gonna be like, we're gonna stop making Xboxes or some shit. And I don't think it's gonna like I think there's a zero yeah. percent chance of anything like that happening.
0: I think that could happen, but I think it's far less likely. But I do think I do think we're gonna hear I don't know if they're going to say the words PlayStation Five.
1: I think they are.
0: I don't know, but I do think that that they're going to say we're going to look at our multi-platform potential and and potential partners in the space or something. I just think you don't
1: have like a business update. You don't have an event unless, I know it's not like an event specifically, but like you don't have like a big proper update to just say this was a rumor or this is like something we're thinking about. I feel like you come out with it to say, yeah, okay, it was true. Because otherwise you just tweet like, yeah, this is something we're thinking about and I'm glad everyone's so interested and we'll like, we're looking into that. You could even tweet like a little right. picture of like the, true. Yeah. like the, the you know, the thing that people do, they tweet like yeah. a little page uh, press release. But I think like you have an event or you make this point and you say a week, like a, next week, I think they're gearing up to be like, at the very least, I think personally, it's going to be, yeah, these, the rumors are true. These games are coming to PS5 and we're considering other games in the future.
0: It's so weird. a business update event what what does that mean? <laughs> it's super weird. Have we ever seen a a business update event from <laughs> one of these companies? That's so strange. and like what is I don't really understand what he means by when he says we're listening and we hear you well you're listening in, to to what what like what do you hear? are you talking about the rumors or like or are you talking about people like clamoring to put stuff on p s five like i don't what are you talking about?
1: It's very corporate coded like jargon. Yeah. It's very much very jargony, which I would expect from a CEO tweet. But yeah. But this
0: is big. I mean, he says we're sharing more details with you about our future for the or our, our vision, vision yeah. for the future of Xbox. Like that yeah. That could potentially like that's big. That's it a, is. that could
1: potentially be big news. I won't say zero. I'll give you a I'll give you like a, a one or two percent. They could just be like, fuck it. <laughs> the Xbox is done. But yeah, I, I think they're gonna like obviously I don't think they're gonna deprecate The current xboxes i just feel like there is like obviously it's not a ton but it's like 21 million people is still a ton of people um i think they're gonna like keep releasing stuff for this console they're gonna keep like considering it but i do wonder if when it comes time for like 2027 2028 they're like nah that's it like we're not making any more and it's like the proposition just they don't say hey don't buy an xbox and they'll sell xboxes you know they'll keep them on the shelves but i think like maybe the idea is like yeah, but also all of our games are gonna be on PlayStation and Switch, maybe. So it's like you don't you don't have to buy an Xbox. <laughs> They're just there as an yeah. option. Um, yeah, I do wonder. Do
0: you think the Series
1: S was a mistake? Because I do. Because it's underpowered and it's holding back the generation. Is that the
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna I mean, we already saw like the biggest game of last year, Baldur's Gate three, had to have compromises on the Series S.
1: It's also extremely Honestly, like buying a video game console is confusing, especially when you look at a lot of like parents buying it and things like that. I mean, I don't want to like harp on it, you know, but let's be honest. This is a very confusing console to purchase. Both of them, the Xbox. Not only is it the naming conventions confusing, Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X. It's bad in your mouth. It's confusing. You get your letters mixed around. But also one is drastically more powerful than the other one. And then you're like, oh, never mind. I want a PS5. That's it. Especially now, there's just one PS5, and you can buy a disc drive to slap on the side of it. That's yeah. it. That's it. PS5. I saw so many like tweets and TikToks and everything like over the last few years, being like, especially like the first couple of years of PS5, people were like, oh, I really want a PS5. I hope I get a PS5 for Christmas. Oh, I, whatever. And it'd be like, oh, you know all this shit. I never saw people say Xbox Series X. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's just doesn't, it's just shit to type, even like to meme it. You know what I mean? Like no one's going to even meme about it and uh, like say like, oh bro, I'd rather have a PS5 than a girlfriend. No one's going to write Xbox Series X. You (laughs) know what I mean? It's just like, it's not, it's It's, not good.
0: (laughs) I don't think they're going to do a pro version. I really don't, but I don't even see if they wanted to. I don't even see how you could do it with the Series S because they said and things can always change, yeah. but they did say that they were going to su- the Series S was going to be able to support every game that they were going to release, and, and and that was going to come to Series X.
1: You just do it by having like a fidelity mode or or like a or a, a higher frame rate mode, right? That only work on the newer console. Yeah, but that would be so. I mean, you run the older I mean, one shittier, like you run the Series S with like shittier graphics and shittier frame rate, right?
0: It would be so far behind a pro version of the X, though. It would be more it's glaring, already right? already far behind.
1: Yeah. It would be more glaring. But I don't think that's their... It just, like, I don't know if that's their deal. I'm not ruling out a pro Xbox because I just think that like they don't care if... They're like, if you want to pay $300 bucks for a Series S and get on Game Pass, good for you, but it's going to look kind of shitty.
0: Yeah. And I just feel I, like... I, just, I don't know. I just think it was a bad half-step. I, I was. I feel like if you wanted to really... If you wanted one last real shot at this, I think you just had just go in on one thing that you know is really good and works, and they didn't. Especially because they-
1: they're so good at hardware. Like, I mean, you you alluded yeah. to it, but I mean, like, you look at Digital Foundry, whatever, whatever. It, it is much more minor than it was last gen, but like Xbox Series X is still more powerful by like a like a little margin, like, but like it was not not unnoticeable margin to the yeah. PS5, and it's like so they're good at making hardware. The hardware is clean. It works. It's it's you know it's it's good shit, but yeah. So I think you're right. Like they should have just gone in on making really fucking good hardware, keep it at that price, and just like push these games to the limit. Show off really beautiful games that run really well. There's a chance they would have had games that ran better, like you know. But like I think we talked about. It. I mean, the older the older system holds it back, and there's games that weren't developed probably to the to to the level that they could be because they had to run on both, and it was confusing, and especially. Sorry, and we gotta move on. But like when you look at like older games and like the porting and that kind of stuff, that was really fucking complicated when we had different architectures. We had like PS4, uh especially, especially like PS3 had really fucking weird yeah. architecture. Yeah. And it made it really hard to like make cross-plat games like PS3 and Xbox 360 or move things around. And then we got a little better with the 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 next gen console. And now what we have now, like I said before, they're running the same basic architecture on everything. They're they're basically interchangeable. I mean, that's dumbing it down, but more or less. And so when you look at that, it's like, how stupid is it that then Microsoft went in and added like another weird lower step that like we we got to a point where it was so easy to develop for your system and you actually actively made it harder by adding like a nut. You got went backwards in time and added something that made it so you had to develop for two consoles now when it could have just been one. I'm sure that doesn't help like they're their software teams too, who are actually trying to make these games and develop. And now they have to develop for two consoles.
0: Yeah. If the software was really, really good, which it has not been, then I think there's a case for having both the PlayStation and and the Xbox. But like you said, the fact that these, they're not doing different things. The fact that these are essentially the same boxes at this point, but one has good games and one (laughs) has like not as good games. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? So, I don't know. I'm very curious to see what this business update event is going to be. (laughs) But I do think... I mean, I think we are witnessing... And I don't... I'm not going to call this a massive L. I think a massive L would be them not realizing the... And I'm not going to say failure. But the the lack of a fight that Xbox has put up against PlayStation. The, The L would be them not realizing that. But the fact that they may potentially be talking about how, yes, look, we understand we didn't sell Xboxes. We we get out, outsold every single generation, so we get it. We're moving on to cloud. We're moving on to just focusing on software and publishing games. I think that's a smart pivot. I think that would be the smart move. I don't think that's a, a, some sort of a loss for them. Obviously, they would have liked to have won the console war, but they didn't, and they they had the ability to, to pivot, if that is the case, if that's what happened. So I don't think it's like... The loss would be Sega, who is just such a, a smaller player today than they were at the time because they wanted to fight to the very end and they before they understood, like, they, dude, like, you lost this fight. <laughs> just give up, you know? So I think that would be a much bigger loss. I think that this is just them maybe finally realizing, like, it is what it is. We're, we just we, yeah. we can't keep up in this space
1: they made risky bets. They, you know, they, they made business decisions that didn't work out the way they wanted. It's fine. You know, just like, yeah, I think you're totally right. And they have the money, they have the resources, they have the brand recognition. They can pivot and be okay.
0: And do something that you have all that money. So do something different yeah. that we can't get with PlayStation that we can't even get with something like Nintendo Switch. Like give yeah. give us something that we can't get anywhere else and then you'll sell those, you'll sell those units.
1: People talk a lot about like conservative, these conservative Japanese companies who are very like set in how they do their games and or their systems, Nintendo extremely, but Sony's like similar I think as well and kind of doing like doing what they do and keeping it and it's great and they're not making any major changes in like the form factor or like what they're doing. Obviously Nintendo has, but it's still, they're still Nintendo, right? I think Microsoft, like you're saying, yeah, has a huge opportunity here to be like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound like this, but like, be like, we're tech companies, us mavericks. And we're going to come in and do some weird fucking like tech bro thing. That's like going to throw everything over because they're less conservative about like, don't be so conservative, go play to your strengths. You have all this like back catalog of money. You have all this like crazy Microsoft R and D that like these companies can't dream of getting a hold of use that.
0: Yeah. And whether that's just improving cloud to making it even better than Stadia was or better than GeForce now is or whether that's coming out with a VR headset or whether that's coming out with a Steam Deck competitor of sorts that plays console games. like Whatever that is, or if it's something new that we could never even think of at the moment, do that because that is going to sell and that's going to give you your own cut of the video game space, whereas the Xbox... That experiment clearly just hasn't worked the way they wanted it to.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Good stuff. <laughs> anyway. I, I, anyway. We didn't have a lot to say, so we'll just move on quick here. Yeah, yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. Paul, why don't you go first, and then I know there's a game we played together, so I don't know if you want to save that for last or if that's the only thing you played. I don't know, but, but let's yeah. do that.
1: I didn't get a lot of time for gaming this week. Uh, TBH just had some stuff going on. So I will I will get to the game we played together. But first off, I uh, just want to go through. I did play a bit of WoW Classic and Retail WoW this week. So I want to talk about that. I did finally hit 25 in Classic Season of Discovery, which is exciting. Oh, so, yeah. you know, obviously didn't really get to do any of the end game because I waited till the very end. This is classic me. But I am now ready to hit the ground running for phase two, which is again, as of recording this podcast, it's going to be a few days off from now. If you're listening to this, it's already happened. So I know we don't have a ton of wow listeners, but if we do, it's happening. So I'm um, really excited about that. There's some really cool, like not just rumors, but stuff coming out. I don't did, Matt, did you see the sleeping bag? No. Um, so they, I followed the wow Instagram, a lot of funny memes, but one of the things they have this new item in phase two, that's like a sleep, a cozy sleeping bag. And you can lie in it anywhere in the world. And if you, depending what? on like, if you lie in it for like two to five minutes or something, you get like some rest XP. And so it's like, if you AFK, I guess, you can go lie in your cozy sleeping bag. What? And it's so cute. And I'm so excited.
0: Hold on. Let me look this up. We'll, we'll get my, do. my live reaction to it. New yep. sleeping bag. Season of discovery. Cozy sleeping bag. Yeah. Use unfurl a sleeping bag. Resting inside for at least one minute will provide a bonus to experience earned stacking up to three times. Okay so it's like it's like a way to like you're like you're saying if you're going afk yep. for a minute bring out your sleeping bag so you can get a little bit of it's not going to be a lot yep but you'll get a little bit of rested xp
1: so apparently this like is from that. a private server, like a lot of stuff that's been really? taken from WAD, I think, or WOD, what am I saying? Sod, whatever you want to call it. Um, A lot of the stuff is from private servers. I think this is from Turtle WoW, I think I saw someone yeah, say. Yeah, that's what it's saying here in this yeah. thread, yeah. Yeah, people have been like, stealing from Turtle WoW. It's like, yeah, I don't want to play Turtle WoW on some janky, weird private server, but I'll, I, I'm will i i happy for Blizzard to do it. Uh, As if Turtle WoW didn't steal the game World of Warcraft from Blizzard. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. chill the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited. You know me, I like a nice cozy thing uh, out in the world. So it'll be, I'm really, it's thematically quite excited. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I love I'm, it. I'm really excited. Some of the new runes look cool. Um, yeah, I played a Druid, which is like my class, like the thing I played a lot in vanilla and, and, and Burning Crusade and Wrath. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to get into that and play some more. Uh, it's fun. I, I, I think it's tough because I've been playing this lot. like always, right? I'm playing it like the end of a period. And so there's people there, but it's not, as busy as it's going to be when a new phase drops. And so I'm excited to try to get more into it this time. I will say like our, I'm getting a little lonely on the server. I'm going to see what the new phase looks like, but I'm getting a little, I went on the, the, I went on crusader strike last night. Yeah. It's a lot more popular. It's pretty wild. It feels a lot more popular. Which one are we on? We're on Chaos Bolt, which is, like, it's the classic thing, right? It's, like, they were the one that came out, like, 20 minutes after. But, like, that changed everything, right? So, if you look at the numbers, it's, like, 30,000 Alliance are on... It's 50-50 on both servers. So, like, 30,000 Alliance, I think, are on Crusader Strike. And 4,000 are on Chaos Bolt. Really? Pretty big population differences. But it is one of the the smaller ones. But, I mean, I've never, like, not seen people. So, I mean, it's not terrible or anything. And I think, like, during... This is the lowest pop time, right? When people are waiting for the new phase, especially when there was very little to do. Like people have finished all the content long ago because I mean, it's really more of a sampler. So it's fine. I'll I'll give it some more time.
0: But also remember, as soon as phase two drops, Crusader Strike is going to have crazy queues and Chaos Bold is not. That's the thing. (laughs) And I
1: I think it's going to we're going to get back to a healthy level and that's going to be unreal. And I don't want to be on it. So I think I'm really happy with with where I am. And I'm excited to play more. I'm I'm glad you you kind of like, you didn't talk me into it, but I think you like encouraged me a little bit to to push through and get like, get there so that we can really try to enjoy the next phase. Cause I feel like we didn't really play together a lot the first one, but I would like to try to play more. And I think now there's more, so many more ruins. There's going to be a lot more uh, you can do. I think it's going to open up even more and, and there's going to be more profession stuff and the game's just going to, every new phase, I think the game is going to get weirder and further away from what yeah. classic is. They had to ease us in. And I think it's going to slowly get weirder is the I have I
0: honestly haven't been paying attention because I kind of want to be surprised yep. but is the the sleeping bag feels like it's like the only thing that they've talked about which is kind of the purpose of season of discovery to yeah. discover things
1: they've been dripping stuff out so okay and it comes out in 3 days drip, but yeah drip feeding with SNFO, yeah
0: as of recording the new phase will be out in 3 days yeah. so the day that this goes on the Patreon feed it's out phase 2 is out
1: So, yeah, I mean, it is a big deal and they do have this stuff. So, yeah, they have been saying a few things. There are some runes that have been confirmed, like three or four for each class. But then there's a bunch that have been like data mined and unconfirmed that I like glanced at. But Mm. they also like did um, say that there's going to be some changes to professions, like some new um, gathering, like new um, reagents you can get or like new like new types of metal you can get from mining and certain things that are going to like change some of the recipes and like add new resources to the game. Uh, so it's interesting. So they have been kind of like dropping little stuff. I just kind of like every couple days I'll like remember to look and I'll check up, but I haven't been like following it. Cause again, like you, I kind of want to be surprised. I don't want to be, we talked about this before. I don't want to be surprised in game so much. Like I wouldn't mind looking up some of it to understand what the fuck is going on. But like, I still don't (laughs) want, I want to, I want to learn about it when it's actually out. I don't want to like, you know, get too pre hyped.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I think that the, the level bands and the phases it was such a smart way for them to do this because it mm-hmm. bought them time yeah. to fig- figure things out for, for later phases. Very Cause they
1: smart. can, they can live balance. They can like learn what works and what doesn't from phase yeah. to phase, like yeah. stuff that didn't work, they can just scrap and change in the next phase. It's great. And then the only other thing I really played besides what we played together was, is retail. Wow. I did play a little bit. Um, they put dragon riding into the old world and I just, I just felt like I just wanted to see what oh, it was like. Did? It's, they, it's, it's in, in. Now? it's in. Um, so like they haven't done it. So like all the old mounts have that yet. It's still just the dragons, um, that you get from, from dragon riding. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty bomb. Uh, the only caveat I think is that it's like 85% speed because oh. not 85 total, but like 85% of your dragon riding speed at whatever moment you're right. going. Right. Cause it can be up to like 850% or something, depending on. Yeah. And it's like, cause they're like, they even said they're like the old world, like, you don't realize it, but like the Dragon Isles is like, fucking like the scale is massive. Huge, I think we yeah. talked about this. And so the old world, I mean, already with the, the 85% speed, you can cover a zone in like 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 You're just like shooting across zones, like at warp speed, especially if you get up really high and you just go right across. So they were like, I think they found like a nice balance where it worked and a hundred probably just felt silly. So yeah. you started like noticing like how tiny everything looked, which I don't fully notice at 85. So it's, it's not so bad.
0: I wonder how far out into the like fatigue area of the ocean. You can go now. I've tested with, with that it. Speed. I oh. haven't
1: gone as well. that's not true. I haven't gone as far as you possibly could, but I've gone out till I almost died from fatigue a couple times, uh, just cause I was like trying to cross Kalimdor as fast as humanly possible. And to do that, sometimes <laughs> I was like jutting around through the ocean. And in doing so, yeah, I, I feel like this is maybe just me, but I feel like the fatigue timer went really fast. So I wonder oh, if maybe if you're on a dragon, maybe the fatigue timer be. goes down quicker because it's like, they know you can cover more ground too quickly and then you get way too far mm-hmm. out. And
0: maybe the fatigue timer changes based on your character's speed. That, yeah.
1: I'm wondering about something like that.
0: That would make sense.
1: Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Just Rachel's been playing some retail as always. And so I did kind of log on and just goof around and, it's fun. I, I, it's fun. But like, I just like, I never, I get on, I was on Dragon Riding. Rachel's like, oh, you're, I'm on too. Like, you didn't tell me. I thought you were still on classic. I didn't realize you were playing Retail right now. And I was like, yeah, I'm just on to goof around on Dragon Riding. I was like, I didn't tell you because I'm probably going to log off in like 10 minutes because I just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, the spark isn't there for me. Uh, and so I did end up like making a character with her and doing some Exile's Reach. and But that's always how, as far as it goes, right? Like, I just never keep, I don't know. It's just like, does it feel- it's not there.
0: I, I really, I hate to say this, but it really, it, it's how I feel. Does retail <laughs> WoW to you feel kind of soulless?
1: Yeah. I You know what I almost, you know what I'll say? I don't actually think it feels soulless. I think it feels like, for me, it feels like, am I British? I think, uh, I think <laughs> it feels too, like too much, too much. So they got soul necessarily, but like, mm. I do feel like a passion in a lot of the content, but it's just like, there's so much fucking content and yeah. most of it is just like trivial to like if you ever asked anyone should i do this people would say don't ever fucking touch that content right should i go to warlords of draenor don't ever fucking bother to go to warlords of draenor should I ever go <laughs> and so it's like it's like do i want to level and watch sure who cares no one this none of the, like almost anything you do in the game is suboptimal yeah and it just feels weird but everything like i do feel like every, all these expansions had passions behind them All the mounts are really, I mean, a lot of the mounts are really, like, wonderful. There's so much shit that every time I go in, I'm like, what is that? I went in, there was all these new druid forms. And I was like, I went to the, the, you can go to the barber now and, like, change all your druid forms. You can customize your own moon can. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. This is too much shit. I'm like, how do I get all these new druid forms? Oh, you got to go do this content. You got to go to that. You got to go to the Emerald Dream. I'm like, I just, like, I just want to play the game. Like, how am I supposed to play the game? Yeah
0: as as someone who like the idea to me right now of being a new player like the the fact that you know you will never as as hard as you try you will never see everything in the game it's it's no. it, it's impossible at this point you will not see everything you will not be able to do everything there's too much there's going to be shit that you will never even know existed right that
1: is not a good feeling it's intimidating yeah and then i get to like the core gameplay loop right and it's just like something about playing it on classic because the game is so pared down i feel like the combat is the game but in retail i feel like the combat is such a like when you're in the city and you see all the mounts and you see all the stuff it's like oh i just want to collect or i just want to like look cool or i just want to like go to a cool place and like see people role-playing and it's like Oh, but to do all that, you have to do the side game, which is content <laughs> like right. combat and fighting stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then I do it and my spell, my, my spells look cool and everything else, but it's just like, they feel like two different games, like the collectathon and then like the actual playing world of Warcraft part. Right. And yeah. it feels weird to like, it feels, I don't know. And, and it's just like all the classes feel too easy, but simultaneously too complicated. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, man. I just like, I, I never know if I'm doing it enough. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm getting pretty good at warrior. But then it's like, Oh, I have like heroic and then mythic. And then it's like, how it's like, Oh, I'm never going to do all that. So like, what's the point of even playing this character anymore? You know, I don't know if there's just like, there's such a, I feel like there's just such high expectations on me, which no one's putting on me, but like the game <laughs> is.
0: Yeah. You touched on it there and, and you, you know, my thoughts on transmog and how I'm not a huge fan of it. And. I really think the idea that like fashion being an end game and stuff like Guild Wars two and final fantasy 14 and kind of even wow at this point. Yeah. I feel like that has taken so much away from what a large part of what made MMOs cool back Mm -hmm. in the day, which is seeing people in gear that you couldn't yet obtain and not because they paid for it, but because they went and actually did it. Like I feel like, Skins and cosmetics and all that kind of stuff is taking so much away from just a hu- just a it was a huge part of what made WoW cool to me is to see a character and be like someday I can look like that if I really try hard enough and I and I, if I play a ton that's taken so much of it out
1: like no transmog with tier sets was such a, like such a game changer. And then, you know, Blizzard was like, Oh, we're bringing back class tier sets. And it's like, who cares? Cause I can, if I want it, I can have it. If I don't, I can just change it. There was something right. cool about, even if you didn't like like tier four or whatever, and you were like, I look like a power ranger. I look stupid. It's like, you still got it because it was the best armor and it was still meant to look cool. And you memed on it because everyone was wearing it. Everyone, that was everyone's gear, you know? Right, yeah. And then you talked about it. And then the next set, maybe you'd get good shit and some other class would get something to look kind of weird. But like, the point is, I feel like everyone was kind of experiencing the same stuff. If there was like a pinnacle of what you were supposed to look like and what you're supposed yeah. to, and, and knowing you did the best shit. And now it's like, it's comp- Even if you get certain armor, the, the specs are just built on, the specs just adapt to what your stat, like what your talent spec is and everything adapts. Like the armor can be worn across everyone. Like it's so, again, it's accessible, I guess, but it's just like, it's so, it's so accessible that I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting or doing because everything's too like fed to me, but not the actual good shit. (laughs) And I'm confused.
0: I think it's especially bad for PVP. Like I, I hate the idea that you can't, in a battleground or something, you can't just look at someone and immediately have an idea yeah. of like how good they are or what their gear is like. Like no you clue. just, you just, you just don't know at all.
1: Mm-hmm. You'd be like, Oh, that guy has cruel blade. Like that's going to be really tough. They're going to do extra bleed damage or some crazy shit on me. And it's like no clue now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Not no. a fan. I, I, I'm, I generally... I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of middle ground. I definitely don't like transmog as a feature when you're leveling in a game. I think if it's going to exist, it should only be at max level. And I just feel like you need, you need real limitations on it. The way that New World does yeah. it with its limitations is, like, in theory, kind of a good idea. But the fact that you need to buy the transmog tokens out of the store, of that's... I don't like that part, but I like I like it being like a limited thing in some way. Not limited necessarily by real-life money, but in some way. Hell and yeah. you can't just like
1: constantly do it. I mean, it costs gold in WoW, but like what does gold mean anymore, you know? Yeah, especially for Transmog, it's peanuts. Yeah. But also, Matt, we played in Shrouded this week some more. We did. We did. I'll, I'll just say, I'll go first really quick and just say, I'm having a really good time playing in Shrouded, but... N- but i I think that's a nuanced thing to say, because I am having a good time, but I will say speaking of soulless, like the game doesn't feel like it has much of it feels very generic to me, but I'm having a really good time with it, so yeah. I'm fine with that. like it's not you know it's like it doesn't have a lot of a lot of luck going on. The graphics are kind of realistic but kind of stylized, you know, and that kind of thing, so it's not, it's not got like a full. Like Valheim, where it has like quite a stylized look or something like that, um, and that has like the whole Norse thing. I know there is a lot of story behind this though that I'm kind of missing out on, but even then, it feels like to me a bit of a generic story. But that being said, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, the building, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The building in this game is so fun. It's Lego. It's like you can do whatever your imagination wants. It's like Minecraft. I mean, it's voxel, but it is like Minecraft. Like Sometimes you're in a different mood, right? And so when we played Valheim, it's really fun to me and interesting that things have structural integrity. But sometimes I just want to build whatever the fuck I want and not have to deal with yeah. that. And this game takes gives you that. And so after we played a lot of Valheim, it was really fun to switch over to Enchratted, uh and just build whatever my imagination can build and I can just make it look like it's supported if I want to, to kind of give it the, to make like, to not, you know, to trick my brain into making things look like you know they make some physical sense but like i don't have to this no, it's not going to like keep me from doing stuff uh which is really fun we've started building this incredible like little base which i'm really happy about yeah. we got a little house i don't know if you but like we started um talking about how it would be fun to like we started talking about how you could build whatever with no physical limitations so i started building this giant just like platform that went off the edge of this cliff because it didn't matter there's no you know rules on it uh, and then slowly we were like, oh, maybe we should put little stalls here for all the little, like a market for all the little uh, NPCs who have their crafting things. And then all of a sudden they all started having their own little unique spaces. So like, I think this is your idea, but like we had this little cave and we put the blacksmith in there and we put his little forge and we hollowed it out. And actually, but after you logged off, I think uh, Spencer actually even put like little fences out, kind of like just around the edge of it. So it kind of looks like it's like he oh, like had to put nice. up little buttresses or something to kind of like... To kind of like make it to like make it work for him like he cart like he mined out the little hole himself or something um which is cool um i built this we kind of like organically built this horrifying little cave mouth in the middle of it that goes down these steps into like a bone a bone box like bone walls and bone floors with the creepy little (laughs) alchemist with like one little skull light and like it's very terrifying like down there and it's all dark um, yeah. so we made like a creepy little alchemist alcove co- um, we want to make like a cool little like, like hunter cabin for the hunter in the background. I ended up terraforming or we ended up terraforming the whole, um, wooden platform to end up being like earth. Like it was kind of always part of the cliff. Uh, it's, it's just so sort of fun to like be able to make whatever you want with pretty much, I would say no limitation almost in, in, in placement besides the 90 degree angles. I think that's the only thing I could really say is like a major limitation. You can't angle things however you want. But that's it. That's like literally the only thing I can think of. And dude, it is so fun and like so I mean, you'll hear I mean, I'm talking mostly about the building. I am having fun. We're going out doing combat, we're collecting things, but like for me a lot of it's like let's go in the shroud so we can get, you know, kill some things. I still find we can die pretty quick, but I I will say like as a team of 3, we're pretty we're pretty strong. Um if we're smart about it, we don't die too often. And but I think the combat's challenging enough that you know, we have to stock up and be ready and but be vigilant. Yeah. But also like it's 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 approachable enough that we can go out, collect what we need to collect, get the next NPC, bring them back to our base. But like for me, I think like the end game or like what really is driving me and I thought it would be more the RPG aspect, but it really to me is a lot of like building the base, making it cute. That is really like and that's always usually what sells me on these games. But I am having fun with the combat. I am having fun like upgrading our weapons and things are really cool. I like the ability to like salvage weapons to then upgrade other ones and like uh, the skill trees are interesting. Although I'm still like having trouble like finding one that like feels right to me. But I I am enjoying them. But Matt, I'll I'll push it to you because I'm kind of all over the place. But I will say like just to finish off what I said, I do still think to me the feel is generic. But like there's just so much fun stuff in there that I'm having a total blast and like, I definitely, I think I would burn out of playing this on my own a lot, but it's been a really fun experience to play with you guys.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it is fairly generic. You're, you're not wrong on that, but, but it is, it is fun. Yeah. Like they have things in there that just make the game fun. Like you said, the voxel based building system makes it really easy to make an impressive looking structure an impressive looking house or these like market stalls essentially that you were talking about that we're doing makes it really easy. The fact that you can fast travel kind of to a lot of different places and just place down flame altars and fast travel wherever you want to fast travel to like just making the game like the quality of life in this game. Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about anything. The game is basically saying, don't worry about it. Just have fun. Like we don't, there's not going to be a lot of punishment for death. There's not going to be a bunch of travel, like just go do things that you want to do and have fun doing it with your friends. And I love that they're embracing that. I like games like Conan Exiles where, yeah, like if we're going on a journey, this is a commitment and we know we can't just teleport back. Like we have to go, we have to walk back or find our way back. And if you die, you're kind of fucked. Yep. But At the same time, I like a change of pace like in Shrouded where it's just like, yeah, we just jump in and we go have fun right away.
1: It's a great game for folks like us who don't have a lot of time to all get down and play together, sit down and play together. You know, the fact that we can, like, do a bunch of, like, bosses and a bunch of, like, ruins and then also go back and, like, build our base. And, like, we can do so much. Like, we talked about this. We played for, like, probably a long time. We probably played, like, four hours or something, three or four hours. But I remember, like, walking away at the end of the night and being like, we did so, like... Like this whole place looked completely different, like earlier tonight, our entire goals were totally different. We hadn't like earned half the shit we have now in our, like in our camp, Like we did so much because there was no wasted time. If like, if we, some of the time when we were like, oh, we should go out and do some combat. The only reason we didn't is because we were having fun doing something else. It wasn't because we were like, oh, we have to do all this stuff. We could have teleported to the next place. Anytime we wanted, we were just kind of like doing something else. It's it's, there was no lag time in playing, which was so cool
0: even with like the glider and the grappling hook like they're just kind of like just have fun with it get where you want to get to get there how you want to get there and just just play the game like they're not they're not concerned about you know i i i was actually thinking today i in to, it's not a survival game it's really no not way. at all like it it is it's an open world like action RPG crafting game yep.
1: where you can build a house.
0: So it has like survival elements, but barely
1: you don't lose anything uh, on your person when you die, except the stuff that's in your bags. And also you don't have to eat. You don't have to drink. Like there's yeah. a lot of stuff that you don't need to do.
0: Yeah. It's, it's even less of a survival game than Valheim, which I don't think is very much of a survival game. Yep. And shrouded is really just like, it really is, that breath of the wildification of co-op action RPG, where you can also make a house if you want to. That's really really what it is.
1: It's basically breath of the wild where you can make a house and like a little village. That's basically the game.
0: Yeah. And and I, I really like the shroud mechanic. I think it's a really clever way to kind of create dungeons almost where you're limited by time. You can find things that refresh the time and you go in, you kill the boss, you kill the the shroud root or whatever it's called and and it clears the shroud and then you also get stuff to upgrade your base and your altar and all this kind of different stuff. I I just like the adventuring aspect of it. I think they do a really good job with that. I I think it's a really good mechanic. I also just like, and again, it's not a survival game, but it, it kind of wants to sell itself That way, but I like having this kind of game where the combat actually feels good. My 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 main issue with something like Valheim is that it's not a survival game. It's a it's basically a a co-op action adventure game, RPG type thing. But the combat is kind of jank. Whereas in this, it actually feels like the dev knew that combat is really important, especially for this kind of game, because you're going to engage in combat all the time. Because. That's kind of the main point of the game, and they actually made it feel good. And you have a giant skill tree; you can have different abilities, and like they actually put thought and time into it. And it is—it's one of the best parts of the game. And in these kind of games, usually it's an afterthought, and it's really not at all here. Hundred percent. So I'm really enjoying Entrouted. I think it—it's an incredibly good base, like foundation for a game that I think is going to over time. Just get better and better and better. And if they can add water someday, that'd be really cool. But yeah, I do think the the shroud almost kind of like the red shroud almost kind of takes the place of that in in, in some way. But I don't know. I think uh, it it'd be cool if they could add water. But if they never add water, the game is still going to be good. Yep. There are quality of life things that they can do. They can improve some some parts of the UI. They can definitely improve some of the lighting in the game, like the bloom effects are kind of overbearing, some of some optimization. Like there's a lot of stuff that they can do and I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that they want to add like later. I mean, we have we only have like a third of the map. There's there's a ton of like biomes in the game already. Yeah. <laughs> and we only have like a third of the map if that. And so and it's a massive map. So there's a lot to come. I think if they can find a way to make progress based on your character, not your server, find a way to maybe make the servers a little bit bigger, especially as the size of the map increases. I think potentially you have a really big hit here. Maybe not like PAL World sales, but <laughs> I could honestly see the tail on this thing being longer than Pal World at the end of the at the end of the day. I could see Enshrouded being a game that a lot of people are playing. And it's consistently growing, even if it's slow growth, over the next like three, four, five years. Whereas you know, I don't think Pal World has that kind of tail. Maybe it does. I could be wrong on that. I mean, Arc still has players, but I do think Enshrouded could end up being a massive success, but as a slow burn.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, is that all you got
1: for this week, Paul? That's it. That's for me.
0: Alright, very good. Okay, so I got a couple things here. First off, I just want to quickly mention I watched the uh documentary Grounded to the making of The Last of Us Part 2, which is the the yeah. they did a, a documentary for the first one and this one was really good. Um if you like that kind of thing I highly recommend it. I'm a sucker for these kind of documentaries and this one it was well made. The Raising Kratos one about the, the development of God of War 2018 and that whole process was also really good probably a better documentary just a little, a little more dramatic there was more riding on the line i think for that one whereas we all knew last of us part 2 was going to be good the, the yeah. interesting part is kind of kind of just shoehorned in at the end where it's like oh, okay so this pandemic is happening and this game's about a pandemic and now we can't ship physical copies of the game so what are we what are we going to do and that was kind of just added at the last minute because the documentary was shot before all of that happened Right for the most part. So it wasn't really covered until the very end, but it did make it a little bit more uh, dramatic at the end. But Raising Kratos, great. This great. Check him out. Okay. So the main thing that I played aside from enshrouded is Bioshock. Bioshock remastered over the course of two Saturdays. All right. I thought the first half of the game was far better than the second half and I think that's punctuated by the fact that the game kind of feels like it ends abruptly I think the ending kind of almost comes out of nowhere it's what's really weird is you have that point of no return part in the game but the point of no return is literally just the final boss fight it's also the only boss fight in the game you don't actually have boss fights aside from that and and I do want to a little context here bioshock infinite if you listen to game groups you know i love that game it's the game that got me back into video games never played the original two bioshock games i like started bioshock one many times but never finished it so finally finished it now and i liked it but i do still i do still like bioshock infinite quite a bit more another thing i'll say i didn't use the plasmids very often Mm -hmm. when i did use them it was for utility it was like you know, pulling items toward me that I couldn't access, or opening a door, or melting ice to to access something else, that sort of thing. And I really, I tried to view this game in the context of the year it came out, so two thousand seven. And in that case, I do think it's impressive as one of the forefathers of sort of this new era of video game storytelling that we were kind of just beginning to explore at that time. And and Bioshock was really one of the first ones that really got us there. But in 2024, looking back now, it definitely feels like sort of this prehistoric version of what we do have now. Or even what we got with Infinite only six years later. But again, the game is almost 20 years old, so you kind of have to expect that. I can't expect this game to just completely wow me from a storytelling aspect when it, it was kind of one of the first to do it. You know what I mean?
1: I had, I had the same experience I played, uh, same thing where I tried it a couple of times. I'd played infinite, but I didn't fully play Bioshock one until 2018. Uh, so more recently more, it was more recent than it was for you, but still right. like I'd played infinite and it had been a number like over 10 years. Uh, and I, you know, people are always like, Oh, the story, the way it tells the story, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I thought it was good, like fun. Like I, the, I played it all in one night. I I just marathoned, I stayed up all night and it was a really cool experience. And I will look back on it fondly. And I thought there were like some characterizations and so they thought the atmosphere was incredible, but like the storytelling is fine. And I felt the same way. And I think that the guy, and I think that like, you could always have said that, but we got to think, think of the context. Like you said, 2007. Doing this thing, these branching stories, these different, you know, the twisting and the turning and having like these kind of like literary kind of turns and, and messing with your mind psychologically in the game a little bit. Like, who are you? I think that was like a little novel to do. Uh, and so I think that was really cool. But I mean, I'll just say now, I mean, no, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm going to spoil Bioshock. But like, I love the Apple. Epil- I, I hated how like the end of the game was told in like a slideshow epilogue that felt so dated.
0: It was very weird. And yeah. I also
1: felt it felt like the cheesiest, stupid, I saved all the little sisters. Yeah. And did you do that Me too? too? I did, and, yeah, every single and one. I was so excited. Rachel and I played together at the time and she, we were so excited, like I was like, oh, I wanna see like how we've like impact their lives. It's so cool, we have these dogs. Th-. And it's just like, oh, off they go to college and look at you, the proud Super dad with all your weird. kids. Yeah. It was so cheesy. I was like, are we just gonna like, they, we just live normal lives and we all went to college and I'm just like a sweet dad. And I'm like, what yeah. crappy, like it's fine. What else we're gonna do, I guess. But I just like, I would have rather they didn't show it at all than show that it's just so goofy.
0: Yeah, that felt really weird, and it felt like it wasn't like that's what I earned for beating the game, but it didn't. Yeah. It felt like I deserved more. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I wanted more. It's funny because Bioshock is lauded for its narrative and its storytelling, but it, I think it's one of the weaker points of the game. I Agreed. actually think
1: the like you said, the atmosphere. Atmosphere is incredible.
0: The design, the gameplay itself are all really good.
1: The visual, I mean, the visuals of like pulling your hand up and like doing a different thing when you have different plasmids and the way you like slot them yeah. in and the way like you inject yourself. And the whole thing is like the visual design, everything is incredible, except I think the story, which is kind of yeah fine. Like you said, I think there are parts of it where you're like, oh, I think it was really good. Again, I think it worked with the atmosphere, right? Pieces of it were really good. You could write the creepy puppeteer stage master guy. You could write the guy in the fishery. You can write, you know, Andrew Ryan. Is that, is it? Yeah. You can write, you know, and it's like that gives you this, but like being able to follow that through into a coherent narrative, that's really hard to do. And I don't think they did it well and it's fine. It's, they did it fine.
0: (laughs) Even the level design was, was really good. Incredible. I miss like we don't get these narrative based first person single player first person shooters anymore. Like you you get it kind of in with Wolfenstein, which is something that doesn't super interest me. You get it kind of with Doom also doesn't super interest me. And those are a little different. Like we don't really get this sort of game a whole lot anymore. Yeah. So I enjoyed it for that. But yeah, the narrative was not it wasn't what I was hoping it would be. I, I didn't. I thought it was so obvious that, that Andrew Ryan didn't end up being the big bad. Like yeah. it that was it was just way too obvious. And and I guess I was expecting the story to be deeper and told in more unique Same. ways.
1: I kept waiting for like the other shoe to drop and it's like, right. oh no, it was just the thing that you thought it was gonna be the whole time. That was it. Yeah, it was pretty
0: basic and straightforward. And and that's not to say that Infinite isn't told in a very similar way. But I do think Infinite is a little bit philosophically deeper in what it's trying to explore. And and I I think the way that it's told, I think it's fine. It's just that what I was expecting in, in hearing all these years is that it's like one of the greatest video game stories of all time, right? And And that's why I love the first half of the game, because you still felt like the game and the story could really go somewhere wild. But in the end, it it, it kind of just goes to your typical late two thousands or early twenty tens video game places. It doesn't really yeah. surprise you necessarily. It doesn't get super philosophically deep necessarily. It just kind of it just kind of is what it is. And in the end, I like Infinite Way more. It, I I, I do think I'm gonna try Bioshock Two at some point. I want to leave some breathing room right now. I actually did start playing it. I installed it right after and started playing it, but immediately right off the bat I was like you can you can just feel that it's not the same thing like right away yeah and it was off-putting to me and I'm like I think I need to step back take some time away and then go back to it but right away I was like this this feels lower quality just like right away interesting
1: I did hear like one of the big things about Bioshock 2 is like they did some like really creative, interesting things with like the gameplay and that kind of thing. And then like the story was worse and it's like, okay, well, I'm, if I'm not playing this for the story, then right. maybe we'll have a good time. <laughs> like yeah. I'm already kind of like, eh, the first one didn't wow me.
0: I also didn't like, so in Bioshock 2, you start off like you're a big daddy. You have the drill yes. hand and okay. everything. Okay, yeah, I do remember I that. didn't like the, that section of Bioshock, which is basically the last like quarter of the game maybe where you are playing as a big daddy. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't like becoming that. I wanted that sure. to continue to be, like, the sort of the scary big bad. And then once you become it, it's just, like, that kind of takes away everything yeah. about the, what made them scary throughout the whole game. That makes sense. I don't know. I, It's so hard to... I don't want to be super critical because I am playing the game almost 20 years later. But at the same time, I feel like it's getting the wrong it's getting the praise from the wrong direction. Like the game. I loved everything about it, except the story, which is not at all what I was expecting going into this. It's the opposite of what I was expecting. Yeah, But uh, audio logs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love the way they hell do audio yeah. logs. They they do it. The best way that you can possibly do audio logs, which is you find something, you play it, you keep playing the game, you, you run around, you do other stuff while you're listening to it. Best way to do it. Infinite did it. Horizon, uh, that that series does it. Keep doing audio logs like that. That's a big win. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, that's that's it. I I beat Bioshock. I played Enshrouded. Watched the uh, the grounded documentary, and that was my my gameplay experience this week. I did play one other thing, but I'm not going to talk about it yet, and I'm saving it for next week when I play a little bit more of it. Cool. I'm excited. All right, but let's move on to a special shout out. Paul and I are going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of our choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. Paul, your special shout out, please.
1: My special shout out is to my Xbox 360 Christmas uh, dashboard (laughs) uh, from being from being a kid. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I kept that thing year round uh, and it was the coziest thing. It was a little it was like nighttime at Christmas. There was a little it was like animated. There was a little house in the background with like smoke coming out of the chimney and lights on and like. I'll, I, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that. And oh, turning on my console and seeing that and playing the, the fucking burnout revenge demo uh, oh, yeah. for the 18th time that, uh, that week peak gaming right there.
0: You know what? I had a shout out here written and it was to keen <laughs> games and how they built this awesome foundation for enshrouded. But I'm, I'm making an audible here. Shout out to yep. PlayStation four themes Hell which yeah. I miss and I wish they would bring back for PS5 because like you, I had this awesome Christmas theme that was so damn cozy mm-hmm. having the tree next to the TV, having the Christmas theme playing with the Christmas music. Oh man, I love PS4, PS4 themes, themes
1: were fantastic. I didn't get to use yeah. them enough because I didn't play my PS4 that often, but like I loved the themes I did it
0: and they were all just like most of them were just made by people who made themes and then put it on the store. And like the sounds, oh, that's so nice. Somewhere there was a really cool one. I think it was for Uncharted Lost Legacy. There was a really cool like waterfall one that they had. There oh. was one from the game Rhyme. Do you know? Do you remember I do. the game Rhyme? I do remember. Yeah, they had a theme from there that I really liked. Cool. Just like games that I never even played, but they had cool themes.
1: I have a cool like animated, cartoony background with like a windmill, like not a windmill, but like a watermill and a little waterfall in the background on my Xbox, and I really like that. But it, the rest of the console doesn't have like any sort of like it's just the background is animated and it's cute but oh, like the yeah, rest yeah. of the console has the normal sounds and the normal tiles right. and it's you know it's like i want theme the whole thing oh you you're cowards. right they did
0: yeah you're right they they had custom sounds for like when you went to different portions of the ui yes and that's right different yeah.
1: like boop noises and stuff depending yeah. on and like different like background music and stuff ah oh, fuck i love that shit i had like this fall one and it had like kind of like this fall leaves kind of
0: I, I had a nice rain one as well of course oh yeah All right, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Gaming Our 30s podcast. If you really like the show, we do encourage you to check out patreon.com slash where we currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated, but the $3 plus tier will get you access to this show three days early, and I do want to shout out. I I probably shouldn't, but I do want to shout out (laughs) this person who... Where did they... They... Oh, okay, so Derek is one of them now, too. I don't know where this went, but we have... Derek and someone else subscribed to the Patreon on the free tier. <laughs> oh. Which is... I, I, they still will get... They'll still get the podcast. So maybe that's just an easier way for them to listen to the podcast. But I do think... I did find that funny. So... That on is the, funny. On the free tier. Uh, welcome to the to the new user on the free tier. But a special shout out to the honorary groups who support us in the $5 plus tier... That's Andre D, Cole T, David W, James S, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please.
1: Thank, thank you.
0: We also ask that you take a couple of minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The Spotify reviews have been going up, so thank you for that. Hell Apple yeah. Podcasts need some reviews over there. But Spotify, we're 5.0. We're five out of five stars. and uh, That's great. Yeah, they, so we're getting more reviews over there. Keep keep them coming. Keep them coming. Check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content. We're going to find links to the community Discord so you can come hang out with everyone and get the quickest updates from us. Link is in the show notes as well. But before we get out of here, Paul, do you have any final thoughts?
1: Great question.
0: No. All right. That'll do it for <laughs> us here today. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Take care, everyone. Good night, Grooves.